Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm in the corner, watching you kiss It is an unbelievable run, unbelievable, in October of 2022, and we're hoping for more up ahead in 2023 uh, and beyond. Uh, the Phillies uh, on Monday night will be honored by the Philadelphia Sports Writers Association at the 118th Annual Awards Banquet, a banquet, by the way, I referenced this earlier, that Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth attended back in the day. This thing's been going on for a long time, and the Phillies are going to be honored on Monday night as the uh, Philadelphia team uh, of the year of course dave dombrowski the architect of the 2022 phils as he is the architect of the 2023 phils and he's the phillies president of baseball operations as we broadcast from parks casino here today joe to cameron john ritchie we are joined by the phillies architect mr dave dombrowski how you doing dave i'm doing great how are you guys doing we're good super dave congratulations on the honor you know i gotta tell you this must not have been easy for them because you guys get to the world series it all happens in 2022 the eagles the one seed, they might win the Super Bowl, but they can't clinch it in 2022. So Eagles, Phils, that, that had to be a tough one. But, look, congratulations to the organization. Obviously a great honor, and I'm sure you're just thrilled with what the team, the big leap the squad accomplished well, last season. 
Well, thank you. It, it is quite an honor. And they also don't want to forget about the 76ers and what they're doing. So, um, I mean, it's been a great sports time in uh, Philadelphia. Um, we're honored to be uh, noted like this. And I mean, who knows? So maybe we can have two world championships in 23, and then they can decide between Eagles and uh, <laughs> Phillies at that point. Let's not forget about the 76ers, too. So it, it is quite it. an honor, and we're thrilled. Hey, maybe three. You never know. Maybe three. Hey, Dave, let's, uh, we'll get into the, the season to come in a moment, but I'm just curious. If you put yourself back 12 months ago, you know, the, the organization hadn't made the playoffs for so long. You'd been in the role a short amount of time. What has these last three months been like for you? On a, I'm just curious. You know, you go into a Wawa, you go into a store. What's been the reaction to you and to representing the Phillies after that run comparative to, you know, how hungry people were and how frustrated fans were to not having seen the team break through in a long time? Well, it's a great question. I think that, um, first of all, the, it really started more um, not as not really negative feelings at all. More people, I'd say, let's go Phillies over my first time, my first year there. And then really when we got into the role, once Rob Thompson came on board in yep. the middle of the season, so many people would then, many more comments of the positive nature, like, hey, go get them. Club looks good. We're really happy the way it's going. And then all of a sudden, once we got into the playoff run and then, you're on television a lot more and people are looking at you a lot more notoriety in a sense. Like if you're going through it for a jog throughout town, somebody would stop and say, Hey, go Phillies. Uh, Hey, let's go. Let's go get them. So much more notoriety in that regard and a a very positive feeling. And a lot of people giving thanks for what was accomplished. Now we we know we need to keep this up and keep on going, but I think that's was the biggest change uh, for me. Dave, from your experience, how much will last season's success carry over to this regular season and postseason? Well, I think uh, it carries over. I think in a lot of, in a few ways, uh, it carries over in the sense that uh, the team now can believe in themselves, which they really had been short of doing for years. So now you'd realize you have a good team. Uh, we're capable of doing it. We have great leadership. I think they bonded more in that regard. And when you go through a postseason run. He, there's a lot more bonding that takes place between the club and family, so it's a great feeling in that regard. And, and also there's that, that, that feeling now that there's more of that little bit extra that they want, and we've made some additions, and I think that that helps in that regard too. But I think the other thing, though, that you, in, in contrast to that that you have to be careful about, and I don't, I'm not concerned about our club, but you do have to be careful about, is that um, you can't take anything for granted because – you have to work just as hard or harder to accomplish what was accomplished. And, and so eking out those three to two games in late May is just as important this year as it was last year. And you just always have to keep uh, in your mind that don't ever take anything for granted starting from the first day of spring training. So it will carry over. I feel good about our club. We have a good team. Uh, Rob Thompson has said it. And I also think that um, I've had this said many times in the past well, what about the pressures attached? Well, the pressures attached for me is this is there's good pressure and there's bad pressure. Jim Leland always used to say to me when we come back with a good club, he said, Dave, that's good pressure. We have a good club. If you, the, he said the bad pressure is, is when people are asking you to do things with the expectations and you don't have a good club. But we yeah. do have a good club, and we're looking forward to going out there and, and, and performing against others. Dave Dombrowski with us here from the Phils. All right, Dave, let's get to 2023. I mean, Big expectations, of course. Let's start with Bryce. It's been about two months since the surgery. What can you tell us about how his rehab is going? And what is your expectation now 
for when he'll take the field in a major league game and when he'll be able to play right field in a big league game? Well, the surgery, first of all, has gone well. His rehab has gone well. So everything has been right along those lines. He's worked very hard. He's followed what the, the doctor has said. So all of that's been good. We're basically at the two-month period now. Um, the, the progression is still at sometime near the end of March. He'll be able to start swinging a bat, doing, making that next step progression-wise. Um, we had originally said that we would anticipate him being back before the All-Star game right around that time period. And I still think that's an accurate um, thought process at this point. And anything before that, um, you're, you're very happy in that regard. So um, th- that is our thought process right now, and we'll see what takes place. But everything surgery-wise, rehab-wise has been great. As far as throwing in the outfield is concerned, um, I'm not sure they have told me all along. Of course, that's further down the line. They anticipate him being able to play the outfield at some time this year, um, later in the season, and uh, we'll just continue to go along those lines because they have really nothing now to change that prognosis. How difficult does that make it to plan for 2023 in right field from a personnel standpoint for you? Well, I mean, we did it last year, and I think that really the planning perspective is it's an interesting point because last year – when it happened, what it really did was take away the ability for Kyle Schwarber or Nick Castellanos to DH mm-hmm. more, which is really what the plans were. But I think in this case, it's obvious you can't go out there and make a big acquisition um, to fill your DH slash outfield role because we still have Schwarber and we still have Castellanos. And you know that that uh, Bryce is coming back at some point. So you just realize that's how it's going to be. I think we have enough good players that we can mix and match still. Um, we've got Bowman third. He can DH at some point because we can play Sosa over there. Hoskins can DH at some point because Bowman could go to first and Sosa could play third at that time. Riamulto could DH a little bit more, which he really did do last year because with Bryce being there. And I think we have enough depth in the outfield uh, with those with those two plus Marsh um, and we picked up a guy, Jake Cave, on waivers. We liked Dalton Guthrie, what he did as an extra guy that you can mix and match in that regard. So I, I don't think you can go out and make a big acquisition and just keep your fingers crossed that um, Bryce comes back as quickly as possible. And, 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 I, and he will. If anybody can come back quickly, he's the guy. And I think we have a good enough club that we can continue to play well. And when he comes back, it's like making a huge acquisition at that point. We're also thrilled about Trey Turner. Uh, with that negotiation, what went into enticing him to become a Phil? Well, I think there are a few things. Trey Turner, as you can imagine, had plenty of choices on where he wanted sure. to play, and it became out came obvious afterwards. A lot of times you hear in negotiation ploys like, "Oh, he's got a lot bigger offer here. He's got bigger offer there," and you're like, "Well, I don't know. Is that true or not?" Well, it came out that San Diego offered appreciably more than what he ended up taking from us. But I think there were a combination of factors. I mean, uh, first of all, um, we have a good club. He knows guys on the team. He's close with Harper. He's close with Schwarber. Um, He knows Kevin Long very well. So those were all really important factors for him. Um, He wanted to be on the East Coast. He lives in Florida, wanted to be on the East Coast. Also be in a position where uh, training and spring training, if he could, would be in Florida. And and really, it's not to go without saying, is it really important? His wife only is from about 45 minutes away from the Philadelphia ballpark. So um, that was very important, too. So that combination of factors and knowing that the desire of the club to win 
uh, what was said about the team from other individuals, him watching us play. But it also the vicinity of his wife being from the area, I think, was very important. Dave Dombrowski with us. Dave, I know, you know, who leads off is, is the manager's decision, Rob Thompson, but I'm curious from your end, do you have a philosophy on, on which sort of type of player you prefer, the, the classic speed player that can use his leg and steal bases or a bopper like Schwarber who, you know, obviously can, can you know, hit a, a ton of homers? Um, do you have a preference stylistically? Well, that's a great, that's another great question. It's one you can debate for a long time. I mean, I think ideally, uh, I like somebody with some speed up there, but it's hard to argue with the success of what Kyle Schwarber did. So you can make an argument either way. It's nice to start off a game one to nothing um, when he hits the ball out of the ballpark like that. But I also like the ability to have somebody on base that puts the pressure on somebody right off the bat from a pitcher when he gets on um, the threat aspect of the stealing. So I, I guess for me, I'd say, oh, I like the speed aspect, but I, I it's on base is extremely important. Uh, Schwarbs was down on base last year. But I think also what kind of goes into it is is that your lineup in this regard, you can make an argument either way, but you want to make make sure that you're not susceptible versus, let's say, a left-hand pitching where you bunch a bunch of your left-hand indicators up in the lineup, and all of a sudden that becomes more vulnerable with a left-hander the way people mix and match nowadays. So that can also be a factor in how you eventually put your lineup together. Dave Dombrowski with us. Dave, how do you weigh, when, when you have organizational meetings and you have your, your top brass in the room, how do you weigh these two facts? You reached the World Series and came within two games of winning the World Series, but in the regular season you lost the division to two different teams by over ten games. How do you balance that as you plan, hey, we gotta, we got to get better, we want to be great. How do, you, how do you approach that? Because obviously if you lose two out of three games in the first series, you know, to the Cardinals, which you didn't. But if you did, it would be a completely different public sentiment about the 2022 fills. How do you weigh that? Sure. Well, I think you, you, you weigh it in a factor. I mean, first of all, I, I think that we already started to weigh that because if you just felt comfortable with the way your club was, you wouldn't have made the additions that we made. So you know that you want to get better and strive to win a world championship. And we all realize that anything can happen. I've been with clubs that have been really, really good that unfortunately have gotten knocked off in the, in the second round of the playoffs. You haven't even made the World Series. You go to the World Series with a team, and you get knocked off, and you think you have the better club. But it's a situation where I think that last year, as good as our club played, there was room for improvements, and I think our record can be misleading. And another fact is that we had a significantly better record percentage-wise when Rob Thompson became our manager. So that also, we played basically at a 95 to 100 win pace in that regard. But still, you need to get better. That's why we lost some players on our club last year over the wintertime. We lost a lot of payroll, um, which gave us the ability to make some moves to try to get better with our team, thus the signing of a Turner, thus the Tyon Walker and some of the bullpen moves that we made. So I think, first of all, you don't rest on the same, the same club. You try to get better personnel-wise, and I think that we've done that. Secondly, you're in a spot where with the way we play with Rob Thompson, um, we are a better ball club than what our record showed even in the beginning with 87 wins. Mm. And I think the way you look at it is that you know that you can play with those clubs. And really, it's easy to see, and I've said this all along, that's why the supporting cast is so important. When you start with some of the players that we have, with Harper, with Turner now, with Riamolto, with Schwarber, you're talking about four of the best players in the game at their particular positional players, and you have Wheeler and you have Nola, two of the best 
winning pitchers in the game of baseball, starting pitcher-wise, and good supporting cast. So you don't take anything for granted, and you know you have to get better, and your goal is to win as many games as you possibly can during the regular season. So that, to me, is how you, you approach it. You don't take anything for granted because a lot of times you get into postseason, like you said, I, I think back to that first game with St. Louis. We're down 2 to nothing going into the ninth inning, and Helsey falls apart, which – doesn't happen with him. He's like the best closer in baseball at that point, or one of the best. And all of a sudden, we score six runs, and Segura hits a ball right through the hole at second base, and Marsh hits a ball by Arenado at third base. And those things normally don't happen. So you got to be in a position where you don't take anything for granted. You know it's going to be tough, and you start off that way in the very beginning. Uh, speaking of you know not taking it for granted, we love the moves this off season. What's left for you to do this off season? Well, I think our club is basically set um, going into spring training. Um, our starting pitching, we like it the way it is with the four veteran starters. We want to keep an open spot um, for a young pitcher, it being Falter, Sanchez, Painter, um, one of those guys. Um, so you can always improve your depth, but you're not going to improve that with big league depth at this point. You bring those guys with AAA. So I think we're pretty well set. I feel real good about our bullpen and actually feel very good about our positional players. Um, when we did make the trade for Soto for the Tigers, left us a little bit more vulnerable with a, an extra positional player that can go out there and play center field. We liked all three, but with losing Matt Beerling, who we did like, um, it keeps us open-minded to that. But that's more, I think, a role that you have to fill by opening day than worrying about uh, filling it before you go to spring training. And we do have a lot of depth in our bullpen at this point with the guys that we have that would be almost given and the depth that we have between guys that have been on the big league club and guys coming up in our minor league system. So I think that that's the area that I would keep open-minded is looking at that in, in the outfield with a little more depth in that regard. What's Andrew Painter's reasonable chance to make the team out of spring training? Well, I'm not very good at percentage-wise and all that, but I think he has a realistic chance. Um, he's a very, very talented individual. Um, and, but... He, he, it's not given by any means, but when I've been in a spot that I've had very talented, been associated, been fortunate to be with some really good young, talented pitchers coming out of uh, the draft like him, and they've made the club and been very, very productive big league pitchers. When he gets ready, and I guess we'll see how he handles it, he has four pitches already, and they're above average, three of them at least. And you know, He does the little things well, which is very unusual. He, Fields his position well. He's quick to the plate. He's very athletic. Um, a lot of it will be dependent upon how he handles it in spring training. But I think he's got a reasonable chance to make the big league club. How much will you need to manage his innings pitched? We will have to do that all year long. It will be something he's been over 100 innings, uh, barely. But um, I, it's something that we've been able to do and been able to do throughout our career. we get got a lot of smart people with all the information that we have from them medical perspective a metric perspective nowadays when you can look at just the not only the velocity dropping on a fastball which we've always had that ability but now you can see where guys arm might drop two inches because he's a little bit more tired the spin rate's not quite as good but you're in a position where um you can do things you can use a six-man rotation at times you can skip starts when you have um extra days off you can work around the all-star break so those are all things that you can do naturally so we'll have to watch his innings it'll be something uh, you wouldn't look for him to go out there like, let's say, 40 years ago and throw 300 innings, uh, which sometimes they did. So it'll be something that we'll watch, but I think we have enough pitching depth that we can handle that. Dave, is an Aaron Nola contract extension 
with one year left on his deal right now, is the contract extension a priority for the organization? Oh, it's something we like to do. We want Aaron to be in the organization for a long time. There's no question about that. We love him. We love his abilities. Um, I think he likes, in fact, I know he likes it in Philadelphia. So that's something that will be in our mind. It's never easy to be able to get done, but uh, we'd love to keep Aaron in the organization for a long time. Is, is Reese Hoskins' off-season status set, meaning he's definitely a Phil in 2023 and is your mindset that the most likely scenario is he plays out the season and you figure out whether to retain him thereafter once he hits the open market well i don't want this to sound uh, in a negative vein because it's not but i don't ever use like a definite so you because know, i never know what ends up happening um, but our plans are by all means that reese is part of our ball club um, that he's our first baseman. We like him a lot. We think that he'll be with us this year. I don't think any reason that he would not be. Uh, beyond this season, we'll end up seeing what happens. He does not have an agent that usually likes to uh, sign contracts before somebody becomes a free agent. Um, so I, I understand that situation, but I uh, look forward to Reese being an important part of our ball club all year long. Um, who knows what will happen in the future, but he's definitely a guy that uh, we look forward to being in our lineup this year. Dave, how much confidence do you have that Castellanos will rebound this season? I have a lot of confidence in that regard. I know uh, last year he was, was not a good year for Nick. Um, he's a much better hitter than that and a uh, much better player than that. So I think he'll bounce back. He's one of the best hitters in baseball, really. Um, he made the, I mean, the all-star, made the final three all outfield spots for um, the all-star postseason in 2021. So, um, he's a much better hitter than he showed last year, so I think he'll bounce back, and that's very important for us. And if we're going to have a, you know, we have a good team yeah, with the capabilities of being a great team and some of the things that we've talked about, but Castellanos bouncing back can be an important part of that and the continued growth of our young players, the Bohms, the Stotts, the, the Marshes, um, watching a guy like Painter jump in there. Those can, you know, they can make a difference between a really good team club and being a great club and i think Costanos can bounce back and be that type of player for us dave a fascinating storyline and a couple final minutes here with dave dombrowski um we were fascinated dave when we found out after the season that rob thompson was of the mindset to retire uh before you know getting the reins of the club and that he had informed you that he was going to retire that was going to be his last year in baseball what's your sense now of how long he wants to be the skipper and if he's kind of shifted his mind to you know, hey, if this goes well, I can, I can, and want to do this for, you know, five or so years. Well, I think uh, his mindset has changed completely. I, I think he was totally reinvigorated with the, the role. Of course, did a great job for us. So I think uh, right now, I don't think there's any time limit on how long he would like to do it. Uh, he, he's got that next step, which you know, sometimes when you're in that supportive role and you just think you're ready for it, um, maybe it just doesn't happen. You can get a little stale. But I think at this point he's not stale at all. In fact, I, I mean, he's excited every single day you pick up the phone. And I think he'll keep that way. He's, he works out every day. He's in great shape. His mind is good. Um, he's a great baseball man. I don't even know how he would have handled it because stepping back when he did it because he's at the ballpark at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning all the time in spring training. <laughs> oh, wow. So I don't know what he was going to do. I, I mean, I often ask, well, what do you think he's going to do with all those hours? Because he just loves being there. But um, I was surprised when I heard it. I, I understood the explanation, but I think he's totally reinvigorated right now. 
Dave, congratulations on the 2022 success of the club. And obviously the town is super psyched. I mean, in, in about a month, you guys are in spring training. and We're, we're hoping for another big-time year. Uh, the team being honored on Monday night, the Philadelphia Sports Writers uh, Banquet. And tickets still available for it. Many, uh, many notable Philadelphia sports figures will be there across many sports. PhillySportsWriters.com to purchase tickets to that event. It's going to be a wonderful night. I'll be there. Looking forward to seeing a lot of people. Dave, congratulations. Uh, we'll talk to you throughout the season, and we appreciate you joining the show today. Thanks, Dave. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you soon. All Thank right. you, Dave. There he is, Dave Dombrowski. 215-592-9494, covering a lot of ground. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the answer on Hoskins, you know, doesn't want to go definite. I get it. It's like you don't want to go definite but john the question he answered earlier about the and i don't have the exact phrase written down but essentially the team is mostly set mm-hmm. i think i think they've probably crossed the point of of a hoskins trade being likely it might have never been likely but more on the table it, it does feel now that they're a month from from spring training and it's mid-january hoskins probably is not going anywhere Right. Which means everyone that wanted, you know, Bohm the first and Hoskins out and better D at third and 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 all that, um, that's not really likely going to happen. I mean, I don't think it will happen. Uh, so obviously, a lot of ground covered there with uh, Dombrowski. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. If you want to react to that interview, please do. Uh, a lot up ahead this hour as well. Let's talk to Ben in Millville right now. Hi, Ben. Hey, the camera. Hold on one moment. Let me get my phone. Okay. There you go, guys. How we What's doing? What's up, Ben? Hey, Ben. Uh, uh, enjoying the, you know, wonderful soggy weather, but luckily I can work inside today. Um, hey, man, that was a great interview. And while that uh, all was happening, um, I just became, well, I bought a season ticket plan earlier. But, you know, we get exclusive pre-sale, and I'm happy i am got tickets going to opening day, which nice. I think is going to be an absolute amazing experience. For sure. Well, you know what I'm really looking forward to finding out, Ben? Uh, because obviously they're going to have more people buy tickets next year, particularly early in the year, you know, if they're still riding high. Um, how far away will they be from what twenty, what 2009 to 2011 became when they had about two straight seasons of sellouts? It might, James, what was it? Was it 09 to 12? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I mean, whatever yeah. it was, it was about two and a half seasons. Like, I don't think they're going to be that, but that demonstrates that it's possible. And, you know, maybe it'll be as much as 35,000 every night next year instead of, you know, 15 and 20 and 18 and 22. Joe, you were right. It was 09 to 12. It was 257 straight games. I mean, John, you weren't in the area during that time, but can you imagine 257? Because, John, you know what the ballpark is like when it gets jumping. I had no idea. Oh, look. I was two hundred and fifty-seven straight sellouts. I was told wait till you see Red right. October uh, because I had not experienced anything close to that. Yeah, living out of town, yeah. Two fifty-seven. Yeah, I, I'd never heard that number. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's going to carry over, Ben. It absolutely will, and uh, it's it's a different era, in my mind, it, for, it for is. what I to expect from the Phils. It is. I mean, the, the highest numbers they got last year is when they had promotional nights and especially dollar dog nights. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the vast, the, the ratio from hot dogs eaten to the amount of people in the park, it was like, holy cow, like, yeah. everybody's eating like four hot dogs because there's only like <laughs> well, dude, 20, I've, I've 20,000 people. Stop. Stuff yeah, but uh, nights, man. I think I think they are. I don't think it's going to. You know, the the dog days of summer and you know baseball is a, a summer sport. So those thinking hot soupy days, you know, in South Philly, 
I don't think they're going to sell out then. No, I don't know. They're not there but, yet. They're, they're, I don't yeah, they're believe not there, it's going to be a sellout they're on every upward, night. Yeah, they're yeah. on a, definitely an upward trajectory. I mean, I was, you know, I didn't spend the money on uh, divisional uh, game tickets because they were the price of a nice seats at it for a partial season ticket package. Yeah, I understand. So I chose ben, give me a big answer, man. Who or what blast people? All right. How about Lawrence Taylor's hit on Joe Theismann? Yeah, well, how about just LT? But sure. I mean, LT on LT. Listen, if you want to go to a specific moment, you can. But uh, then there's also just the, uh, you know, the player at large. No question. All right, coming up, Joe Cameron, John Ritchie, much ahead, uh, including we'll, we'll, we'll sort of recast this conversation about the Eagles being an underdog. As they approach the playoffs, obviously their first playoff game in two days, and officially the Eagles are an underdog, not to the Giants, but they are an underdog to San Francisco for odds to win the Super Bowl. Remember, the Eagles are the one seed. It'll be the Eagles having home field advantage to get to that Super Bowl, and the Eagles face an easier opponent this weekend than San Fran faces in Dallas. We'll talk about that and more, plus your reaction. If you want to comment on Dombrowski and all that he said, Joe to Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. Hey, Eagles fans, my friends at Miller Lite want to get you ready for the road to Phoenix. Miller Lite is offering Eagles fans 21 years or older a complimentary beer at participating bars all across the Philadelphia area this Friday night. Fans will also have a chance to win tickets to the first playoff game this weekend. Look for the registration cards at your participating bar and scan the QR code for your chance to win. For participating accounts and info, go to MillerLite.com slash FlyEaglesFly. That's MillerLite.com slash FlyEaglesFly. Tastes like Miller time, Philly. Celebrate responsibly. Jed Cameron, John Ritchie. 94 WIP as we broadcast from the beautiful Parks Casino Sportsbook here today. And, of course, Parks Casino, man, your home base should be your home base for all sorts of dining and uh, action and excitement and, um, you know, comedy. Uh, This Saturday night, Big and Rich are going to be here. January 28th, comedian Kathleen Madigan will be here. Deep Purple on February 10th. You got the Gin Blossoms February 25th. All sorts of great shows on tap. Of course, Joe uh, Conklin frequently. I hear with Conklin's Comedy Night at Parks Casino. Of course, you can also dine at the award-winning Parks Casino restaurant. So visit ParksCasino.com for tickets and all the details for all that is up ahead. Well, John, uh, the last uh, half hour or so heavy on the fills, but obviously mostly this week heavy on the Eagles. They got a game on Saturday, Saturday night. They then have, if they win that, the opportunity to play two more games. Um, And yet they are an underdog to San Francisco to win the Super Bowl, which means fundamentally they're an underdog to San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl. Um, it just seems to me outrageous. Now, look, San Fran's won 11 in a row. So, I mean, we shouldn't act like that's no small thing. That's an amazing accomplishment. But, John, I, I feel nationally the Eagles are getting shortchanged again. And whereas it, it actually, looking back, and we even knew it at the time, made some sense in 2017 because they did have to switch quarterbacks. Um, this one to me, John, does not make sense. I can understand if San Fran was nipping on their heels, but they shouldn't be in front of them in the leaderboard. And according to the odds makers, they are, and I think it's nonsense. I agree with you, and we're getting the short end of the stick here because we have not, we haven't gone out there and tried to show anything for the last month. It was, we need to win one game in the next three. And, you know, I, I, 
I was not supportive of the way we handled that. I would have liked to have uh, put a little bit more out there, but we know that this coaching staff values the element of surprise, and they're trying to hold back for the last month. Uh, we've had a backup quarterback on the field for two of those four games, and so the results were mixed. Meanwhile, you've got a San Francisco team who's rolling and healthy, and everyone wants to talk about, wow, that San Francisco defense is just out of sight. Yes, they did lead the league in scoring defense. Yes, they were the number one defense statistically in the NFL, but we're the number two defense right. and we do take the ball away an awful lot and when Jalen Hurts is our quarterback he protects the ball extremely well and oh we happen to be the give up the fewest passing yards in the NFL and sack quarterbacks more than anyone else in the league our defense is nothing to sneeze at either and we've got weapons first and foremost Jalen Hurts under center when he's out there and doing his thing when they open the offense up to be optioning on every single yeah. play, putting the, the offense in the best possible situation to succeed, he's been outstanding. He's been the MVP of the, of the league. The, the, the injury hurt him in that respect. But you look at the quarterback comparison. Yeah, I know Brock Purdy has surprised, and he's a well-coached young player who has more athleticism than I expected, but he's no Jalen Hurts. We are the best team in the NFC. That's why we have the one seed. I think that there's a recency bias here where the coaches and players, they almost discounted the last month of the season because we'd played so well that we were, we were in a position yeah. where we didn't have to go all out, and they didn't go all out. Meanwhile, the 49ers, yes, they've been very good. We are better. Yeah, I mean, I, I view it this way, and then right to the phones. San Fran's really good, and their defense is a little better than the Eagles. But Jalen Hurts is a lot better than Brock Purdy, and a game in Philadelphia is a lot better than a game in San Francisco. And, and I mean, and it's just for, I, it's it. Don't forget about the fact that the 49ers play a physical style of football. Yes, that takes a toll on their opponents. It takes a toll on the players themselves, too. And they just played I'm with a you, game man. against a physical Seattle team that they were trailing at the half against. Yeah. Guys, in no way am I saying it's a it's a gimme the Eagles to beat San Fran. I mean, that's a tough game. The Eagles could lose, but they shouldn't be an underdog going into it, and they should not be an underdog at this stage for chances to win the Super Bowl compared to San Francisco. Let's talk to the Sledgehammer, Mark, in Collegeville. Hi, Sledge. Hi, Joe. I just want to make sure you can hear me properly. I know you're hard of hearing. you got to hit your headphones turned up. So I want to make sure you can hear me loud and clear. Uh, loud and clear, Sledgy. I'll tell you, okay. this might be your funniest thing ever. Okay, that's good. That, that's good. I just wanted to make sure you can hear me. Man. How you doing, Sledgy? I'll hang it in there. Richie, by the way, I heard about your announcement. Just to let you know, you got best wingman in the business at your back here. Seltzer and myself. We got your back, pal. <laughs> okay. Well Thanks, said, man. I mean, I would have said Joe, but we're still trying to wrap our heads around how he managed Amy, so that's like one uh, of so the great ones. I Trust agree me. with that. So yes. am I. <laughs> so, um, look, here in Dombrowski, uh, dude, I'm even more excited for the Phillies coming up this year. I mean, with the acquisitions we got, the way the team's set up right now, Harper is going to be coming back somewhere around June-ish. You know, I mean, there should be – I'm going to go on the record right now, Thursday, January 19, 2023. There should be no excuse whatsoever that the Philadelphia Phillies 
are not the National League representatives for the world. No, nah, that's too that's too far, Sledge. That's not the way it works, man. I mean, listen, you know, the dot the not hold on, Sledge. The Dodgers were the best team in in the in the league this year, and they didn't even you know like get close to the World Series. They weren't in the NLCS. It's hard, man. There's landmines all over the postseason, so don't view it. I'm telling you, trust me. Don't view it as simple as if you're a better regular season team next year, you know, it's easier to make. I mean, it's easier to make the World Series, but it's, it's far from a gimme. Remember, Sledge, remember this. The Phillies 08 to 9 to 10 to 11, they kept winning more games than the year before, and they kept going less far in the playoffs every year. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a fact. Yeah, proof's in the pudding, but, hey, you know what? I'm just that confident in my squad this year. Okay, we'll see. Sledge, give me a big answer, man. Who or what blast people? Oh, well, this falls right into how I started the call, Joe. You like to sit in your car, especially to a special song called Careless Whisper, and blast the heck out of it, blasting <laughs> everybody out of the water. Good answer. Well, I did that one time. So the Careless Whisper thing was I was in Hoboken, living in Hoboken, first year out of college. And I had three or four friends in the car. We were going to get a going to get a, a keg, either going to get it or coming back for a party. And Careless Whisper came on, and just to sort of embarrass my friends, I rolled down the windows. I think John, I had the ability to control the windows, so they couldn't put them up. Careless, oh, just, you put the child lock yeah, on. Yeah, child lock on. <laughs> blast it, blast it, blast it. Careless Whisper. It's like four or five dudes rolling down the street in Hoboken. Sometimes you just gotta laugh, laugh at yourself. That's my, that's my thing in life. It, it helps. It does. Neil in Westchester. Neil, good afternoon. Hey, that's funny. I did the same thing to my friends at a Nine Inch Nails concert. We were tailgating. I got in the car and blasted like Chicago. Um, hard to yeah. say I'm sorry as everybody else is tailgating at, at a Nine Inch Nails. By the, by the way, I, just real quick, I got to say, Neil, it's either in that song or one of their other famous songs. I got to look into it. There's a line at the end of the song I find very arrogant. I got to do some research on this. But I've always found it, unless I'm mishearing the, the, the words, something about, like, you're going to be the lucky one. But basically, he's, like, professing his love to this woman. But then at the end, I think he says, you're going to be the lucky one. Like, you're going to be the lucky you know, one to get with like something Joe would say. I know, I know their lyrics better than Chicago. So it was, uh, <laughs> I'll, look, I'll look into it. I, so, wait, Chicago, and what song did you just say? Like, hard to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's either that or a different song. I'll find it. All right, go ahead, Neil. What do you got on the Eagles? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm agreeing with everything that, that John's saying about the defensive side of things. On the offensive side of things, I just think we, we got to use our weapons, every weapon right out of the gate. I mean, Goddard hasn't been used that much over the past few weeks, right. and those factors are weak. Um, you got to, uh, you know, AJ, the, the, the Miles out of the backfield, screens, everything that we can do to be creative and get them on their heels from the start. And then I think there's no stopping us. The only thing, and on defense, um, jamming the guys up, you know, with, with the, the blitzing and the sacks that we have, just jamming the guys up because these receivers aren't good. And if we don't want, like, a little six-yard dink to get a third-down conversion when we're, you know, playing off these receivers because they aren't that, that talented on, that, on the receiving side of things. So uh, if we can do those two things, I think we're uh, cruising to, to a victory. Neil, I, I think it's important you, you point out uh, utilizing all the, uh, the, the players that you have in your repertoire, in your arsenal. I am positive that this coaching staff told Dallas Goddard when he came back from his injury, hey, we'll, we'll put you out there. We don't want to risk you during this regular season. I, the way that he played was so different 
in, in terms of not, not when he was running routes and catching balls, but they didn't throw it to him much. They didn't screen it to him much, and that was a staple for the offense when we At were all. great. When he was run blocking and pass protecting, he wasn't sticking his face in there. He wasn't flat backing people. It was positional blocking that it troubled me at the time. But I've, I've gotten to the point now where I absolutely believe this staff said, you need to protect yourself during the regular season, and we will unleash you when we get to that second season. I expect Dallas Goddard to go off. And by the way, I'll say this. We talk about Hurts is five weeks from the injury. I mean, John Goddard's got to be like eight or nine weeks from the injury right, now, right? I mean, it's right. been – because he's been back for – Yeah, I was thinking maybe maybe he's not hitting people because his shoulder really is bothering him. Yeah, he's had enough time to recover to where – Was that the Washington game? I don't remember exactly. Yeah, but it was a pretty long time ago. Down. Yeah. Neil, give me a great answer, man. Who or what blast people? All right, this guy was a nemesis for, for 10 years – um, probably the hardest hitting guy in hockey and ended the career of Eric Lindros and Scott Stevens. Yeah, Scott Stevens is, listen, man, he was a great player and he was a big hitter, man. He was a really big hitter. Coming up in, uh, in one minute, the King Howard Eskin joins us in one minute. Just like in football, your restaurant, hospitality, or casino business needs an innovative game plan and flawless execution in order to win. So if your point-of-sale system is lacking the latest technology or if it's not helping you sell more, earn more, or work less, you need to talk to my friends at PDQ Signature Systems. PDQ has everything you need for success, including mobile POS, self-service kiosks, enterprise reporting, contactless functionality, data and cybersecurity, and the best service and support in the industry. PDQ POS is the fastest, easiest, and most reliable POS available. That's why PDQ POS has been the top-rated restaurant management system for over 35 years. Whether you have a single location restaurant or thousands of locations, Joe Flynn and his team of POS experts will create a custom game plan that will help your business grow like never before. Trust me, if you want a point-of-sale system that will truly make a difference for your business, you need PDQ POS. Schedule your free demo and business consultation today at pdqpos.com. That's pdqpos.com. All right, the King Howard asking usually with us Thursdays at noon, but today uh, Howard with us right now. And Howard is uh, brought to us by McGurk's Pub and Grill. Head over to one of their three locations for all of the birds' playoff action. Great food. Quality drinks, awesome atmosphere. Go to McGurk'sPub.com. We go to the king right now, who's covered a lot of Eagles playoff football. He's seen a lot of iterations of the birds in the playoffs, and Howard's with us right now. How you doing, King? Oh, I'm great. I just walked out of the locker room. Everybody is doing great. It seems like business as usual, but you know it's not business as usual. But here, I'm going to do something a little bit different okay. to start start off things today joe i usually find ways to rip you and i can do it every week uh, and you know jump all over you for something you, you did that was stupid but today i'm going to get on john a little bit uh, please right? do please do okay okay so here goes john i'm going to ask you a question do you think you're going to do well on the morning show yes okay see that now that's an obvious answer right because you wouldn't say anything else so well, we you know I'll do good on the morning show. It's not, it's not obvious that John will, but I will. But keep <laughs> no, going, no, no, Howard. But, you know, let's but, let's but hear that, your line of inquiry. Yeah, but that wasn't the point of the question. The <laughs> point ahead, of the go, question go was, ahead. okay, the point of the question, when you asked Dave Dombrowski, and let me get this correctly, do you think Castellanos is going to have a better year this year? 
What's he going to say? No. Oh man, you're ripping John's interview skills. I I wanted to ask him. him, I wanted to ask him why I didn't want to put him on the spot. Oh, that's bad job. Well, here I wanted to ask him why will Castellanos be better this year? Why should we have faith that he'll be better? And that would have been a bet. And that would have been the question. So, here's I'm just trying to help. That's actually what I wrote down, Howard. And I and I pulled back. Try not to ask a yes or no question because they could really say, "Well, yeah, he's going to have a good year," or ask a question that doesn't require a yes or no answer. And Really, and that would have been the right way to go about it. Hey, well, it wasn't a yes or no. Him? It wasn't a yes or no question. It was uh, how much faith do you have that Castellanos oh, will be okay. better this year? Uh, well, you know what? And he's not going to say. <laughs> he's not going to say he doesn't. You know, okay, well, okay, you don't got to shred. You don't got to shred our guy here. All right, you made your point. All right. No, no, right? Yeah, I know. The, I know the, the, the line of inquiry should be the who, what, when, where, well, yeah, and why. Right? I think trying those to are the, help. Yeah, what I appreciate take that. For, What's it going to take for Castellanos to be better? All right, let me, just, all right, Howard, let me, let me ask you this but question. But anyway, I just, you know, because it's too easy to get on Joe. So, John, I just had to kind of. <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> I have a question for you, Howard. Sure. That's a good, we, that's all, that's uh, all good. We're talking about people like what or who blasts people. And your name was brought up yep. earlier today. <laughs> uh, do ahead. you or have you ever felt regret for blasting someone? Good question. Um, I can't recall that I have, but there's been times, and I'll always see the thing that I do. If I criticize a guy, I'll I'll go to the locker room or wherever it is, and if the guy wants to address it, we address it, and I, I will talk about it. And if I'm wrong, which is rare, uh, I'm only kidding. Uh, if I'm <laughs> wrong, uh, as far as my opinion or the information I got, I will go on the air and express that and say I was wrong. So um, I don't have regret because I know I'm going to see that person. And if they have an issue and say, well, that's not right. And this is the way it is. And, and I will, uh, I will address it and deal with it. So regret's probably the bad, uh, you know, a bad way uh, uh, to put it. But there's been times where I said, you know what, I got to go on the air and straighten that out uh, because this is the way uh, it should be, but yeah. you know, sometimes you're a little hard on somebody, and, and then when I walk away, I'd say, you know, it's a little, I may have been correct in my opinion and assessment uh, from what I've heard, but sometimes uh, I felt, and it's rare, but sometimes I felt that because uh, you got to think, you know, you guys know, you got to think about what you say, yeah, of course, and, and, and then you say, you know what, was I? And I'll say to myself, was I a little too tough on that guy? And I'll think about it a yeah. little bit. I just won't walk away and just ignore what I just sure. said. All right, King, yeah. let's, get to the, let's get to the birds here. Um, yep. Look, I know you have a very favorable impression of the Eagles, as, as most of us do. But I'm curious, from your perspective, what worries you the most about the Eagles in the postseason? Well, that Lane Johnson will hold up. Uh, he looks fine in practice. I actually saw Avante Maddox moving around pretty good this morning. You know, the first time that we were in there. Yes. <laughs> so he's you, he's out there and, and running? Uh, we only see on – this is today's – in our world with the Eagles, today's Friday. So on Fridays, we only get to see practice briefly, even though it's only Thursday because it's a Saturday, you know, without yeah. all that nonsense. Uh, but I saw – and I, I – I, wow, he's moving around. Uh, I mean, I saw him out – out of the boot yesterday, and I don't know if that was the first day he was out of the boot, but uh, and then I saw him, you know, and it was on the it was in the bubble, 
So it's not on the grass. It's on an aster or it's artificial yeah. surface. And he was running around. Now, I didn't see any of the practice. It was just calisthenics and warming up. But he's running up and down the field. So he's uh, is he with the rest of the DBs or is he off yes. to the side running no, with the athletic no. trainers? No, he's with the, the whole team. They're all lined up with the whole team. This is the, huge news, by the way. Well, I, 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 I don't know what his status will be for the game. Right. But I was happy to see him positive. out there and didn't see any uh, didn't see any discomfort. Saw him moving around. So, but yeah, you worry about that. I, I don't worry about Jalen. You know, we, we're over that. The sky was already falling. You know, and I didn't get hurt when it was a piling down when you didn't throw a pass one day in a bye week. Uh, so uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that. No, well, let me let me ask you this because well, Howard, because here's what you have. Good answer. I mean, a lot of good parts, but here's what you haven't said. I'm curious. You haven't said San Francisco, Buffalo, or Kansas City. I mean, oh, I a, thought you just to deal. No, with I just mean any open end. Like, there's a possibility those teams could just be better than the Eagles. I mean, that's possible. Well, yeah. How, uh, how do you San, size the Eagles up with with San Fran, Buffalo, Kansas City? Well, I'm not going to get to the Super Bowl yet because the Eagles aren't thinking about the Super Bowl. But I think Kansas City and Buffalo are both better teams. That doesn't mean remember the Eagles were the underdog against. Uh, Belichick and the Patriots. So, uh, and they won that game. And they were an underdog, I think, in the Atlanta game correct. in the playoffs That's that correct. year. Yep. So, you know, see, I can't worry uh, about that. Now, San Francisco does concern me. It, 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 here's where I'm really torn. I'd actually like to see Dallas win because I think the Eagles will smoke. And when I say smoke, capitalize every one of those letters. They will smoke the Dallas Cowboys if they play in here. But San Francisco is a concern because their defense is so good and turnovers are so big, especially in the playoffs. They're gigantic. And San Francisco can create some of that and they give Purdy short fields with their defense. Yeah, San Francisco, but I was looking at the Giants game, but nothing in this game really concerns me. It's a Giants' third straight road game, which is deadly for a team. I'll give you, you know, Stats don't mean anything when you get into the game, but they yep. do mean something because it's history. Since 1990, uh, the team that's played the second straight road game in the playoffs, and that's usually the wild card team, and the, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> quick strike, quick move on. <laughs> I don't want to hear from quick now. Uh, the, the thing We that, do, by the way. Feel free to pass <laughs> your phone to him. <laughs> it's driving through. <laughs> uh, they're 10-37 and 37 with two straight road games. And the Giants have played three straight road games. The Cowboys this week are playing their fourth straight road game. Yeah. So, you know, that's why it's such an advantage. That's tough. Yeah. To, to be the home team and have the, the, the buy and, you know, number one, all that stuff is really, that's how the Patriots were good. But they were always, you know, with that weak division of theirs, they usually had, you know, a buy and number one seeds. But San Francisco could be really tough. Right, that's Howard, why two, I'm two, hoping two, Dallas wins. Two things here. Because um, you gave John advice on questions. I'm going to give you advice. Because okay. you, you can get the scoop. I'm going to give you. The scoop you can get Saturday night after the game if you're the first person to ask the question to Lane Johnson. If the Eagles are underdogs to San Francisco, will Lane Johnson pull out the dog mask again? Ask him. And you know what? Re, you know, the rematches aren't always good. Like boxing, 
the rematch is usually not as good as the first one. Well, fight. you got to be careful. Like, you go to the dog mask. I mean, I'm just saying, you don't want to sully the dog mask if the Eagles lose this year yeah, but you to San Fran. I'm just, uh, but I'm just saying, it's five years you ago. Come up with something new. Uh, uh, you know what? For you, Joe, for you, for you, because you're such a big timer. Uh, for you, I will ask him after the I'm game. I'm just looking out for you, point. Howard. I, I want you to get a scoop. You haven't had a scoop in about seven years. I'm oh, trying yeah. to help you out. It's kind of a scoop that Avante Maddox is uh, practicing. That's, that's a mini scoop. What Howard's telling us I've had is... more scoops than anybody else in this town. But, <laughs> uh, but, the, right. but the reality is Avante Maddox, if he plays, that's what, that just adds more depth to a secondary that's already yeah. pretty good. That but, means you can man up. You can bump. Well, you can do a lot. And, and by the way, it's a toe. You know how many times I've seen guys go in before games and just get that shot up, and they're fine for the next four hours? And because it's the postseason, you just shoot it every week, and and then you deal with it after the year. But I'll say this. That could be the San Fran game. I won't get too too excited on this one. San Fran may be more realistic. Howard, last thing. Let's wrap on the really important things. I need you on the record before the postseason begins for the Eagles. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, do you actually get gifted a second Super Bowl ring? See, here's what you, here's what I got to explain to you. I I don't have I have nothing to do with that. Remember this: the broadcast teams in all sports, and I'm part of that team. In all sports, almost 99.9 percent of the time, get a ring, regardless of the sport, whether it's college, baseball, football, any sport. Yeah. So. All these people that bust my you-know-whats over that, I felt it was an honor. Uh, I w- you know, I, I work hard as, as well as Merrill Reese and Mike Quick and Joe McPeak. You do brave uh, the rain. Also- you brave the rain like once every three years. They so do that. Well, it's more than that. <laughs> cold on Saturday night. I'm playing around with you, Howard. It's all yeah, I know. Fun. But you know what? I don't want people – I consider it an honor. And the people – I always kind of share that excitement when I see parents with kids and I, I go up to the kid and That's I say, nice. Hey, you know, you put the ring on and let your, your mother or father take a yeah. picture of it. Yeah. And they get so excited. So, you. you know, it's just part, it's just part of, it's part. Hey Joe, if you ever get to my level, you'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of <laughs> being the king. Is that how it works? King? All right, Howard, stay well, man. Great yeah. stuff. We look forward to talking to you through the playoffs. Thanks, All right, I'll see you nitwits later. <laughs> Thanks, Howard. <laughs> there he is. The king. Hey, coming up, Ray Dittinger joins the show. We'll have extended time with Ray, plus phone calls uh, all throughout the 1 o'clock hour. From Parks Casino, Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. Hey, I'm very excited to do uh, to talk about one of our new partnerships with United Tire. United Tire's New Year's savings is, uh, is underway. And, of course, you can save uh, $120 on a set of four of Michelin's best, the Cross Climate 2. The savings are good now through January 28th. So stop in your local United Tire today and get the deals before they're gone. Visit UnitedTire.com. That's UnitedTire.com for the specials. Or stop by your local United Tire store if you're in need of new tires. Well, now is the time to take advantage of great savings at United Tire. Don't drive alone. Drive United. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.